0: Good afternoon Xbox Nation, welcome to this week's not cancelled new episode of X-Vlog Live. Listen folks, I know there was some confusion, uh, just to give you the heads up of what was happening, in my area, Con Edison, who obviously does the power, was working on one of the major power lines, and the whole area was going to be without power for two days, and that would have sucked. Uh, thankfully, they got done wor- They got the, the work done early. Everything is working and I have power and obviously if you don't have power, you can't have a podcast. So my original guest, which of course was Asa from Game On Daily, was extremely understanding and has been gracefully uh, gracefully enough uh, willing to accept another invite. He is going to be joining me on April 28th. To uh, reprise his role, so I was left without a co-host for the day, and I reached out to a few people, and at, at first, you know, no no takers, because you know what, real life people people are back in the offices, they're doing work, and thankfully, the Wandering Dutch stepped up. We did we to accommodate his schedule, folks, because obviously, you know, it's six p.m. in the UK. He was getting home from work, so we we did the show an hour later. So the show is going to be an hour. The two topics of conversation are going to be. Uh, ID at Xbox, uh, which is obviously led by the incredible Chris Charla. Uh, he has uh, put out a blog post, uh, and I didn't even know this. Uh, the program is nine years old this year, and they've done some really, really do, uh, big work. But one of the things that's interesting is how much money Microsoft has spent and paid out to these developers who apparently, according to some tropes, don't get paid by Xbox. But we're going to get into that in a second. And the back end of the show is, again, folks, you know, I know that Xbox Game Pass uh, cannot be compared to Sony's newest uh, PlayStation Plus offerings because it's really it's it's literally apples to the pineapples. There's just there's no there's, they have an apple in the name but it's not the same service. Um, there is a narrative that is uh, that's you know seems to be working about even with uh, within you know our social uh, circles but also within the gaming industry media and Wandering Dutch <laughs> just so happened to have a conversation with Paul Tassie who is a writer. Uh, for Bloomberg and they had a bit a bit of a back and forth and you know uh, th- we have we you know we're going to get into what was said uh and on and how Jim Ryan is uh not being as honest as he probably should be when he talks about 20 million and uh and potentially games being their, their quality being hurt by being in the service i find it to be u- u- utterly ridiculous preposterous even but Before we get into all the topics, let me welcome in Wandering Dutch, which, by the way, is fighting a cold and is still here. Dutch, how the heck are you, man?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. I've got two big glasses of water here, a throat infection, but uh, I've got to go to work. So I thought, you know what it is, I can can do a good hour with Boom.
0: So I'm looking forward to the show. (laughs) Wow. Well, listen, it's great to have you here, brother. We're going to get right into it. Now, what I would like to do and what I usually do is when I pull an article, I like to give credit where credit is due. And this article comes to us directly from Chris Charla himself. Obviously, he is the head of ID at Xbox. And uh, this is what he had to say. Now, it's a very long article, and I'm not going to read all of it. Obviously, you know, we are pressed for time. Uh, because the show is only 60 minutes. But I do want to read some particular parts that jumped off the page for me. And of course, once this show goes up on demand, I will have the article there. So if you want to read it yourself, all you have to do is click it. So this is how the uh, blog post from Chris Charler, head of ID, head of ID at Xbox, had to say. And he says, when we started ID at Xbox program almost nine years ago, we really didn't know much. We knew that independent developers were driving the pace of video game innovation faster than we'd have ever seen. And we knew the, the, uh, the work that they were doing was incredibly progressive and important. We also knew that our players on Xbox love the artistry artistry, I'm sorry, uh, and diversity delivered by these developers and that to make sure our players got the best, most diverse array of games possible, we had to do everything we could to help developers maximize their success on the Xbox ecosystem. So we did a lot of listening, directly learning from the developers what they wanted and what they needed. They were never shy about telling us what worked and what didn't. Innovations like crossplay across other consoles, for example, came directly from ID at Xbox partners, uh, stemming from their feedback and requests. We made a lot of changes to our back-end publishing systems and even our app framework. These changes seem mundane, but they really—they were really important as we seek to enable independent developers to ship their games easily across Xbox. And PC Now, one of the tropes that uh, Dutch and I were just talking about behind the scenes is, for the indie community, it always has been spoken about, both in the social circles, which, you know, you, you never know who you're going to get, and even within the gaming media, that uh, somehow or another, developers are not paid by Xbox. Like, somehow they're not getting their just due. Well, thanks to Chris, we have some numbers to throw around here to obviously extinguish these trope fires that have been burning for what seems like years. And he says the results have exceeded our wildest dreams since the program's inception. Independent developers have earned more than $2.5 billion. That's right, folks, B, billion, in royalties and total revenue generated by the ID at Xbox, partners on Xbox, doubled over the last three years these are staggering numbers and it speaks to the power of the independent developers now get this folks he also continues and says this we've also paid developers and publishers across xbox hundreds of millions of dollars in game pass license fees These are there are amazing games out today on Xbox and on other platforms that would have never existed without the support of Game Pass members. And that's really been the the, been the most incredible phenomenon, ensuring that millions of Game Pass members get to experience some of the best independent games ever created has been transformational for Xbox players and developers Okay, so Dutch, I want to go right to you on this. This is a big revelation for a lot of reasons. You and I have talked about it on Primetime Gaming. We have talked about it on many of your shows. We've talked about it on many of my Xbox uh, Factor podcast shows. Here is the proof that Xbox does not exploit the indie development community. Um, And you know what? Actually, before... I actually bring you in on the conversation. There is one thing that I want to talk about, uh, Dutch, and I want to bring it all the way back to 2008. Now, this was a time, 2008 was uh, a huge year for gaming, but specifically for Xbox because of the summer of arcade. That, it was probably my favorite time in Xbox history. It ran from 2008 <clears throat> to 2013. Sadly, the program did not come back like I was hoping it would be because I loved every week you had a new game. Now, granted, you know, things have changed and we are getting new games pretty much every day, every week, especially through Xbox Game Pass. But I just kind of want to talk about some of the games that came out of this program and to see how far back Microsoft goes in supporting the indie development community. You know, you had braid, Castle Crashers was in that 2008 year. Geometry Wars Retro Evolved 2. Uh 2009 saw Shadow Comple- uh, Complex, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time Reshelled, Reshelled. You had Marvel versus Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. You are, for uh in uh, 2010 you had castlevania harmony of despair hydro thunder limbo was in that year then of course in 2011 you had bastion you had uh from dust which was great toy soldiers cold war uh 2012 was probably my favorite year uh you had deadlight which was that metrovania side-scrolling zombie adventure from uh, Tango uh, GameWorks, which was incredible, you had Dust uh, and Elysian Tale, that was made by one dude. Um, you had wreck which was fantastic. It was a great uh, Xbox Connect um, uh, game. And in 2013, where these, you know, we saw the end of the program, you had the follow-up to uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles: uh, Out of the Shadows. And you had flashback, which was redone. I love that. I'm an old school flashback fan. And then one of my favorites was Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Man, that game was incredible. I beat that game multiple times. So you know, Dutch, when you you know see the history in where Xbox uh, has been with the indie community, and you see Chris Charla put out this incredible article where actual dollar numbers. Now that are indicative of what they have paid out to these indie developers and the hundreds of millions that they've paid in royalties to get games onto Xbox Game Pass. Does this finally put to bed the fact that Microsoft is not paying the developer the indie the indie developer the correct monies? Oh uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, when you when you're going back
1: to the the Xbox Live Arcade days. Um... Of course, we remember them fondly, but at the, at the time, there was much work to be done. Um, the indies at that particular stage as well, even if you have a look across the, the PlayStation side, um, weren't a same as same as an in-house or a, a big third-party publisher. Um, obviously, the, the, there has been a lot of work done. and Even I can't believe now it's it's been eight years of ID at Xbox. Um, significant changes. Um, thankfully, we have seen the same across PlayStation now with uh, uh, Yoshi taking over at uh, for the the indie side of things for PlayStation. So he's focusing on that, which is good. They've got now a drive and a focus to concentrate on that over on PlayStation side. But on Xbox's side specifically, um, I think you can really see the work that's been done and been put into ID at Xbox, the drive that they've really had to get a lot of these new indie talents across. And I speak to indie creators quite frequently. um, And it's one of our kind of main passions on the channel as well, is is really diving into these indie experiences, primarily because it's still one of the last areas in gaming where creativity has no holds. There is no bars for it. Um, They're not restricted by anything. They're not scared to risk things that big third party companies are or even first party are are scared to risk um certain creativity outlets certain um um artistic outlets um indies aren't scared to try something that that will risk themselves um big first party triple a studios are because of course it's big money these little guys out of their own pocket they're risking everything with their own money um so any any kind of money and any support that they get from the likes of xbox uh, etc is extremely appreciated now we've both had multiple indie developers on our shows over the course of the last couple of years <laughs> joe of course from song of iron being one of them um delala just Sto- talk with was- joe last night as a matter of
0: fact it's yeah, funny we, I, 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 was, I just reached out to joe yeah we, we got so- we got something in the works folks i'll just put it to you that way but yeah continue dutch
1: yes <laughs> um so yeah, it's Joe's obviously one of them. um again, awesome creator, but a, another example of of someone who who has had nothing but praise for them if the if he needed ID, the idea at Xbox team and his contact, they were there. Yeah. Um, they weren't overbearing. they provided all the support required, um the teams necessary if there was anything that you needed help with, etc., uh, and likewise, um, speaking to two others, um, uh, another indie developer uh, called Kalechi Yabakama, uh, who's creating a, a game called Stormwright that's coming out as well um, <clears throat> onto Xbox and PC. Um, and he's he's got nothing but good words for them either. Then you speak to Thomas Sala, who was working with the idea at Xbox. Yeah,
0: you know you you gotta love you gotta love Thomas. I haven't Thomas had him on my brilliant. show, but that guy does speak. <laughs> peek right from the hip man
1: (laughs) oh too right he does he's brilliant he's brilliant you know what it is it's even great to see is is obviously this the initial success of uh, of the game there's no there's no way to see how other than asking them outright and of course i know behind the scenes i'll be able to ask him that question he'll tell us outright um but i wouldn't say that on air um but he'll tell us kind of what the the relative success of of it what on xbox would have been but i can tell you now the fact that he's managed to now be able to port that over to PlayStation and Switch and over to Stadia um, and on Steam Deck and get the Bulwark expansion going for it and VR expansion. That tells me that his his going to Falconeer, um, going into Xbox in the first place, definitely provided them that init- that step up to get that game elsewhere. Um, And of course, he's got an awesome publisher as well in Wired Productions, who's one of the best indie um, publishers out there, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, such such great guys, and you know what it is across the board. I've I've, like I say, I've spoken to numerous ID developers, those who have worked with the ID program, and I haven't heard a bad word about working with the ID at Xbox team from top to bottom. Like all of them are very much like well aware that it boils down to how well their game does is how much they get in earnings it's got nothing to do with certain things and of course going into whether or not you go into game pass and how successful that is but um we do know one quote of course from um from Thomas Sala and 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 the likes and when we mentioned how what is it like going from getting your game into um from normally being on Xbox to going into game pass and he's like the only way I can say it without mentioning actual numbers is it's as if an entire city plays your game in one day. <laughs> like that is the difference between being in Game Pass and not. You'll either get a couple of thousand people or an entire city's worth of people, and that's what yeah. Game Pass did for him. Um and that's what ID as well, ID at Xbox does. It it creates more opportunities for those that are within the ID program to get into a service like Game Pass and give more eyes on them and there you end up getting the knock-on effect because those games don't remain indefinitely um in in game pass which means that they're always subject to to sales and more people buy them because they want to keep them or support indie developers so it's absolutely awesome
0: yeah I mean, listen, uh, you know, I, I just <clears> want to read a couple of more uh, uh, excerpts from the uh, from the article that Chris wrote. And this is where it, it, you ever wonder how big this program is for Xbox. Here's some numbers. He says, we're proud that more than 4,600 developers from 94 countries worldwide are looking to deliver experiences to players via Xbox, including more than 1,000 creators who have signed up to the ID at Xbox program over the last 2 years. That is incredible. And it continues with with even with with even more, with with even over 3,000 games from independent developers on Xbox. We still have a long way to go. One area we talk to developers and players about is discoverability. Teams across Microsoft work every day to help solve discovery challenges so players can find games they love. And in turn, ensure developers find the audience for their games. I mean, it's again, it's one of those programs that doesn't get a lot of talk. I mean, we heard some, uh, some you know, uh, some stuff from GDC, uh, uh, you know, but I I love the fact that we're taking time out of today's show to highlight the indie community and again like Dutch said we, we we know several of the indie indie community Joe being uh, and if you don't know who Joe is Joe is the one that created solely Song of Iron yeah he has some help on the back end with the, you know with the music and some of the stuff but he made that game and that, if you didn't know that game came from when he played D&D as a kid which is freaking awesome mm-hmm. um I, I, I not only we have has he been on the show just to kind of just hang out like he's just like one of us cuz he is but he's also I've also had the chance to interview him for Song of Iron. Um, and obviously he did put, put something out on the interwebs uh, last week that he, you know, a, a screenshot of something he's working on. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're we'll him back on the show to talk more about that. But again, it's just one of those things that I'm glad, uh, Dutch, that we're here to kind of just bring the light to a, a, a subject that a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, in the, you know, on online and, and surprisingly Dutch even in even in the, in the gaming media, somehow took Microsoft as being this big bully that had all of these these developers drop games on there and, and and they were paying them by the penny. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm happy that this article came out. I'm happy to know that ID at Xbox is celebrating its ninth year, uh, you know, in, in the industry. I, I think it's big. And, and you know, I mean, we've seen people like, I'm sure everyone knows who Zemi Games is. He obviously was on Breakfast at Boom. He was on the Xbox Factor podcast. He is an indie developer. He created Back to School with one other dude. And it's actually selling pretty well. Now, granted, it unfortunately, he had to launch it through the creator's program. And we're hoping at some point that, uh, he's, that his game, which I think is t- tremendous. I think it's fantastic. And especially because it's educational. I love it to be added to ID at xbox i think that uh uh it, it is special because it's different it's not a game that has you just chopping up zombies it's actually a game you can sit with your kids and learn something and it's and and like i said for me what stands out what jumps off the page is the aesthetics on the chalkboard and how it sounds it's just it's really cool and it's only five bucks definitely go check it out back the number two school on the Xbox and Steam. And Steam has achievements. Xbox does not have achievements yet because it's not in the ID at Xbox program. But he is working on getting out. I think he resubmitted the game to be put into ID at Xbox. So we're just waiting on that. But listen, great 20 minutes to open up the show, Dutch. Uh, but we got to get into the weeds, so yes. to speak. Yes, uh, we this week, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> it was announced by SIE PlayStation and more specifically, Jim Ryan of PlayStation, where uh, we got a glimpse into the future of services through PlayStation. And obviously, I've been very vocal about this. It is it is a service that does not speak to me, uh, because as much as I appreciate and truly have a, 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 a an affection. For a lot of the IPs that Sony has. And they have quite a bit of them. And I go all the way back to the PlayStation 1 with uh, Battle Arena Toshinden. And uh, Ridge Racer when those were launch titles. I love their classic IPs. And one thing I love about Sony is that they know how to celebrate those IPs by bringing them back in a new way. Well, it was announced... Uh, their new pricing scheme for and I say scheme because, you know, I, I, I kind of think they're not being forthcoming with having adding uh, added to the pro- program day and date and charging <clears throat> literally three dollars more than what you're paying for Game Pass Ultimate. I find it to be a bit of a slap in the face to customers like myself who have been supporting the PlayStation since the inception. I mean, I, I had the PlayStation one when it wasn't even here in the States yet. I tell them that's much of a fan of. I've been, I imported almost every console except for the PlayStation three moving forward because we didn't have to import anymore, but the program uh, that has multiple tiers, uh, the highest being $18. And for me, folks, for me, I kind of think it's a big miss because Dane Date is not involved in the conversation. But more so, there are a couple of things that were left out that I thought could have softened the blow, could have made it better for uh, its customer base. And one of which, which I think is an incredible whiff, was the controversy that surrounds their, their upgrades from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. Now, we know on Xbox, well, that program is called Smart Delivery. So you get it for the big old price of free. So when you get a game, if you have, let's say, for instance, an Xbox, uh, an OG X- Xbox, uh, you know, S, or, an uh, uh, you know, an, an Xbox One X, if by some chance a week later or two weeks later, or even two days later, you go out and somehow you get, you acquire the Series S or the Series X, well, you get the upgrade for the big old price of free, whereas Sony charges you $10. And this was a great opportunity that I think was whiffed upon where they actually could have said to their fan base, hey, listen, this $18 tier, well, it is the best off, best we can offer. And one of the things we're going to offer our fans, because you know they're for the players, right, is that they could have said, all PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 upgrades, if you are subscribed, whether you pay for the year or you pay the $18 a month, are free. They didn't do that. They own Crunchyroll and Funimation. Those could have been added to the service, and they were not, which I think is a big miss. They could have offered a free Spider-Man movie or you know something from their Sony catalog per, you know, Per month, hey, the movie of of month, you know, whatever, is Spider-Man No Way Home. And they didn't do that either. They actually put together a very, very bare bones. But I think what comes into question, ladies and gentlemen, is what Jim Ryan had to say Regarding the quality of PlayStation Four and Five games, l- listen. L- l- let's let's not mis- get get this misunderstood. Whether you like PlayStation, you hate PlayStation, or you're lukewarm. There is no denying that SIE first-party PlayStation puts out bangers. Now, they may be not be bangers to you because let's say you're not a fan of the over-the-shoulder, story-driven. Third-person narrative-heavy game. Well, that speaks to me. I'm a I, I'm a selfish player. I like the single-player experience. I like sitting down, putting on my 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 uh my uh, 3D Pulse headset and being invested in the world, invested in the character, invested in the story. See, that works for me. Now, that's not for everybody, but we can't deny. That the quality of their games are not top of the industry. They are, they certainly are. And I'm not saying Microsoft's aren't, but we're talking about PlayStation. So we must give we must tip the mohawk. Well, in what I thought was very surprising, let me just say that. Jim Ryan actually spoke upon this. And I have seen many, many people in the community, I've seen many people in the industry. Defend this, and I think a it's wrong, and B, I think that if you are someone who wants to invest to make sure that your game's in a service or quality, that investment will turn around tenfold. <clears throat> but let me read what Jim Ryan had to say regarding the quality and what would happen to said quality if those SIE PlayStation first party games jumped into a service. He says this, in terms of putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down in this new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, the uh, the that virtu- virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think uh, the uh, knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that the gamers would want. Now, you know, Dutch, I immediately have to go to you because of something that you had spoken about specifically. With Paul Tassie. Now, Paul Tassie, if you don't know who he is, he is a writer for Bloomberg. Uh, I think Paul Tassie is a paraprofessional. I, 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 you know, I I followed him for years. Uh, I don't always agree with his takes, but I will say that uh, he definitely knows how to navigate this community and the industry and he will go to where his bread is going to be buttered and dutch you had a conversation with him that was pretty interesting uh and and, uh you you did uh, obviously you know drop some numbers that i thought were were relevant to the conversation that we're having regarding 20 million so do you have that that comment in front of you by any chance
1: uh, I don't currently, but I can do very quickly. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So, you know, while you find it, cause I thought I had it, I don't know. I, I thought I actually sent it to myself. And for some reason I, I don't have it in front of me, which is very unprofessional to be honest with you. Um, but you know, look, the, the bottom line is this. Yeah. Got it. Okay. so. <laughs> Dutch, please, t- take it away with what, what Paul Tassie had to say regarding his uh, his opinion. And again, folks, he's not wrong. It's it's his opinion. If he believes this, I- I'm not going to challenge the guy. I would disagree with him, sure. But by all yeah. no means, Dutch, please, take it away.
1: Certainly. So obviously, Paul stated, as do many media outlets, of course, is fundamentally you can't criticize Sony for not doing day one releases like Game Pass. And yet it seems pretty clear to me that uh, that's just not a good business for them when they're moving 20 million copies of things like horizon zero dawn <clears throat> so my response to that and of course naturally that's what Jim Ryan has said oh we're right. selling 20 million copies of games so if, we want to sell more um, that isn't uh, that isn't the norm for PlayStation Studios um, and to be honest it's it is quite infrequent um, so the all oh, my response was simply just given the figures, um, to, to kind of state that the 20 million number really needs to be kind of knocked on the head because it's it is, it's, it's disingenuous, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my status was simply um, that sales amount is few and far between um, and not the norm for PlayStation Studios. 20 million is not that common. Um, it's only common for Nintendo. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, 20 million. God of War, 20 million. Spider Man original, 20 million. Ghost of Tsushima, 8 million. Days Gone, 8 million. Roughly, of course, um, because obviously the studio had said around 8 million by the time he'd left. Uh, (laughs) Miles Morales, 6.5 million. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, still not on Xbox, 6 million. Um, The Last of Us. Two, and this is the funniest part. So, The Last of Us Two, four million, and stopped reporting. No, yes. data since you
0: and, know, we, we and, had a conversation yeah. about that too, Dutch. Uh, we we, yeah. we seem to believe that if it would have been a significant number, and again, I'm not going to yeah. get into my opinions of The Last of Us Two, yeah. I think graphically it was an unbelievably gorgeous game. Yeah, I love the weapon crafting. I love, but I just I I did not enjoy the story. I thought that it was di- it was very disjarring for me when they kept doing the flashbacks. But I don't want to get into that. But but to, to your point, Dutch. Yeah. If this would have been a twenty million seller, but rest assured, Sony would have told us so. Yeah, of course, of
1: course. And last last but not least, um, Horizon Forbidden West, which hasn't had any sales updates no, since it launched. nothing. Gone. Yeah, nothing. Um, it is, it tracked below, uh, we know it was tracking below its, the, the
0: previous in the series. Yes,
1: um, yes. It, it, it did, it, from what
0: we understand, and folks, this is unofficial chatter, so to please don't say boom, said it, because it's true, I'm saying what I've heard, Yeah. It is based on some people I've talked, to, I've spoken to, that it did not meet or succeed past the original in regards to its sales. And no, no, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's the quality. I mean, I am going to say that there are a ridiculous amount of bugs, which is why I stopped playing it. Story-wise, graphically, it's beautiful, but it did have a lot of bugs. We do. We do know one thing for sure is that sales dropped eighty percent. Unfortunately, for that that that, that IP, once um, Elden Ring released the next week.
1: I mean, we we mentioned it the other week as well, though when I'm when I was speaking on the. The um the release quality
0: of the games
1: very Well oh,
0: someone actually just said it, you know what? L- funny you should say that. Uh there have been a super a few super chats. I will get to every every one of them. Don Otaku in the chat Dutch uh drops a very generous ten dollar super chat and says this. Just like you can't judge Xbox uh, Xbox's game quality for this gen by last gen standards, we have to judge Sony's quality by what they've they've dropped this gen so far, and it hasn't been top quality like last gen. And and he's on to something with there because Gran Turismo exactly Seven saying, yeah, is we said it last, last, it,
1: uh, was it last month? Sure, was it a couple of weeks back when we were yeah a couple of things? weeks back I believe. Um, and we were mentioning that I said we, we specifically stated it's it's uncommon for Sony to release games with these this amount of issues. Yes, and we, that was including GT Seven and, and the issues that they've had with that, and, and the and the consumer feedback. And then you you're talking on the the quality issues with Horizon Forbidden West in terms of its performance problems. And then you had issues pretty much all generation long there's been issues so far with pretty much most of the games released by first-party studios at PlayStation, Yep, which you didn't see commonly on the tail end of the last gen for PlayStation. So I don't understand kind of what's going on there with them. It's usually, and again, they the reason we hold them to a high standard is because they've brought that high standard upon themselves they have a high standard because they've released high standard games Correct. where we would benchmark the rest of the industry against them so naturally when they don't meet their own standards we will notice <laughs> and unfortunately it it hasn't been up to their up
0: the snuff should we say well i i look the the, the the bottom line is if you if you're comparing apples to apples and you look at what Sony has done this gen, it is clearly not the same uh, quality work. Uh, Their games releasing without bugs in, in the last gen was indicative of the quality of the games. That, that That's a reality. We know that they even have an entire studio that's simply there to, to, to do all the end, uh, end of a, a game's development cycle, the polishing and the fixing of bugs that they don't even talk about. And that's why their games come out with such incredible polish. Obviously, folks, we cannot discount the fact that COVID was a thing uh, and still remains to be a thing. I think people think it's over. It's, it. Trust me when I tell you, folks, it's not. People are still dying. Um, so obviously... You know things have have uh, gotten better, sure, but it's still challenging. Game development is hard, man. This is why I never got into it because I didn't want to learn how the magic. You know, I, I didn't want to know how the magic. It would have ruined it for me. I don't want to look behind the curtain. I just want to play games. Um, but I, man, I, I I really got. I really have to dig my heels in the sand here, and say not having day and date is not only. Um, uh, disappointing but to suggest and, and this is coming from jim ryan folks this is why i'm disappointed for him to come out and say that somehow or another if those if if these these high quality AAA bombs that they're known for would drop into a service that that, that somehow the the players us the people that buy the games would be disappointed with the with the quality i think it's disingenuous at best to I be think it's mo-
1: a slight, slightly insulting to the quality of his studios as well. If he's saying oh, yeah. that the quality is going to drop because it's yeah. going into a service, then what is he saying? That the developers are going to care less about the games that they're creating because it's going into a service?
0: I don't think I, that's the case. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's the case either. But I, I, I do want to listen. We, we uh, Again, Dutch and I were talking for a bit before we, you know, we started the show live. And <clears throat> one of the things that I discussed with Dutch is that opinions, right? Everyone has one. And you may disagree, but it's still your opinion, right? Uh, hard, hard to argue uh, actual numbers. Like numbers can't be, you know, they can be manipulated, but they really can't. They really, you really can't argue hard fact numbers. And what am I talking about? Well, just for uh, the number aspect of this conversation, at 25 million subscribers, which we know Xbox has, right? That's been confirmed, right? The number's out there. I think it's a little bit more. Dutch thinks it's a little bit more. I have some people that think it's like King David, good good friend of the program, good friend of the community. He thinks it's closer to 30 I, I would tend to agree with him, okay? We know that there is a $5 option for PC. We know there is a $10 option for console, and we know that there's a $15 option for Game Pass Ultimate. So, what I wanted to do, to be fair, to have this conversation is let's just say for shits and giggles that it's $10 times the uh, 25 million subscribers. And again, you know, you're going to be, boom, some got it. Some people get it for a dollar. Some people got it for free. We're just going to average it out. That's $250 million per month, not a year. Two hundred and fifty million dollars per month is what Xbox and Microsoft are bringing in from this one service. That is not people buying games. That is not people spending money on DLC. That is simply the service fee. Two hundred and fifty million per month. So we hear Jim Ryan, head of SIE PlayStation, say that somehow or another, their quality was going to be hurt. We've heard people in the community and in, in the industry say that, well, it, it doesn't make any sense for them to add because they sell so many games. Well, Dutch was so great to add this list, completely dissipates that 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 narrative of every game says sells 20 million because it doesn't, and that 20 million is over years. That's not 20 million out of the gate Spider-Man 2018 as great as it is and it's a, an amazing game no pun intended. It took a long time to get to that 20 million. And that's Spider-Man, the face of Marvel, right? We don't we, Last of Us 2, they stopped they stopped giving us numbers. I wonder why that is. Wonder why we didn't hear how many numbers uh, Horizon Forbidden West sold because it didn't sell that well, right? But here's the thing folks. Here is where I feel that the, 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 the uh, disingenuousness of it all comes into play. If there was an Xbox esque uh, um, um, service for PlayStation, instead of the 10%, and it's probably less than that, right? That we know there's 118 million PlayStation 4s in the wild. Let's just say one, one uh, 120. For, for giggles. We know that they sold about 15 million of the PlayStation 5s, right? So I'm no mathematician, but that's 135 million consoles in the wild between the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. 10% and usually less than that are what buy their first party games. That That's a fact. That, that's, that's an absolute fact. That's not fiction. That's not my opinion. That is an actual fact. Less than 10% buy their first party games. But if you could entice the community to support your new service by day-and-date releases, how many more people would play these games? Because engagement numbers used to be laughed upon when when Microsoft was reporting numbers and not console sales, right? They were laughed out of the room. And then when Sony did it, they got it right. They have all these players. Look at all this engagement. Somehow when Sony does things, it seems to be the thumbs up, when microsoft does things it's like the drake thing right like he's looking away from it and that's and that's again folks that's 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 my opinion sure but you know i'm not bs'ing you here i have no reason to right i'm not i'm not getting paid by microsoft i'm just a a knuckle a retired knucklehead who likes xbox and likes gaming but i think that saying and suggesting that your, your incredible games would take a dip in quality is kind of almost like taking a shot at Microsoft without actually saying it. Because he's, he's, he's you know, obviously when you compare Xbox, you have to talk about PlayStation. When you talk about PlayStation, you got to talk about Xbox. I mean, that's, a, that's just a fact. So he didn't specifically say that Xbox's games are not quality because they're in a service. But him saying that his games, SIE's games, PlayStation Studios games, would take a hit, I I find that to be not only disingenuous, I think it's preposterous at best. Uh, Dutch, you want to add anything to this conversation?
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't understand why he thinks they would take a hit. That sounds like a personal financial thing that he says, essentially. And this is my opinion on, on what Jim Ryan's saying there. This is not based on any fact. It's just a case of the way I'm interpreting, the way he's saying things. So he's essentially saying that if it went into with service, then either the quality would drop because some form of demotivation for the studios, which I can't understand, um, because let's face it, those same studios were pushing Jim Ryan to get the games on PC because they required it. That was all of the studios. Um, and Jim Ryan had to listen essentially in the end because all of the studios come together and said, we want our games on PC. because we want more people playing them. So you're telling me that they wouldn't want their games in a service where more people would be able to play them? Or would they not bothered about... At the end of the day, Sony owns them studios. They don't have a financial problem above their heads. It's Sony that has the financial problem above their heads that they've got to think of. Like, none of these studios have to worry about how much this is costing, or how much this is costing, etc., because the parent company controls that. Um, So that shouldn't be a financial worry for the studios at hand. So the quality-wise, in terms of the funding available for these studios, I don't understand why the funding would drop either. A subscription service goes hand-in-hand with the sales of the games. You're not forcing people to... And this is what we've been saying about Xbox Game Pass... Since it was in inception, you're not forced to get a subscription. You're also not forced to buy a game. If you right. want to buy the game, you can buy the game. If you want to play it on the subscription service, you can do that. If you want to do both, do both. right like, it's options. You can play it in here if you like it enough and you want to keep it, then
0: buy it and keep it. If you're worried about anything happening to it, <laughs> and and usually they let you know when a game is coming out. Well, first yeah. of all, all first party games stay in Game Pass exactly. That's right, that's exactly
1: you also get discounts and and you you get add-ons and if if what they're planning on doing is creating more multiplayer and live service games and they're going to generate more through microtransactions we already know that having the likes of call of duty um even on just on the platform from from microtransactions alone they earn the best part of 235 million a year um from call of duty's microtransactions just from there so you're telling me that, which equates to the funding for one major AAA game. Yes. So that's just Call of Duty. You're telling me that the subscription costs of 42 million PlayStation Plus subscribers isn't enough to fund another one or two major AAA... I, it's, no, I do not believe that, Jim Ryan. I think your calculations and financial aspects of of whatever you're doing in the studios is completely misguided Uh, (laughs) um i don't understand where he's getting the thoughts from that some reason it's going to degrade the quality of the games um that would be like i mentioned before like i said before that would be disingenuous i think to the developers to state that the quality of their games is going to drop because they're going into a service why would it drop? Is, there, is all of a sudden the developers just not going to be good enough? Or are yeah. they just not going to 100%. care enough? They're not going to put enough effort in anymore? I don't think it's going to be anything to do with that. They've still got the same equipment. They've still got the same time, if you're giving them the time. The onus, in terms of the financial onus of it, is solely down on Sony. And you're telling me then, if it goes into a service, Sony are no longer willing to fund their studios? That sounds like a bit of a weird a weird
0: business plan if if you're going to stop supporting growth (laughs) well you know i mean again it it, listen we're not businessmen people this is just our opinion on when you the bigger picture could we be wrong thousand percent we could be wrong no doubt about it but if you want to if you want to make this into just uh hey let's have a conversation it just doesn't make any dollars and cents uh more people that play your games and i know that we're going to see like one of the biggest things and and again this is to me, it sounds like a cash grab. You know, when they announced—and I say they—Jim Ryan says that we have 10, 10 games as a service um, coming to their their, their platform as. as and again, you know, we don't know if it's exclusive. You could just pretty much a, a bet that it's going to be exclusive. It's unlikely. And like, you no, know, Destiny is going to stay multiplat. We know that, but the SIE games—they're going to stay on the service. You might be able to get play them on PC, hopefully, at some point. Um, and that's the other thing. If if, if you open this up, the uh, the you know this service to PC, and you put you put your big games in PC day and date, which people have been asking for for years, right? We just saw God of War sell a lot, really well on PC, and that game's old. The game came came out in uh, twenty seventeen, I think it was right, or twenty eighteen. I don't remember, but it, it, needless to say, if they release day and date, both on their console and on PC, you would have more people subscribing to your service. And the more people you subscribe, the more money you would make monthly. And again, I, I, I just find it to be very odd that their current service that's launching in June, which I don't know why they announced it now. So it's definitely odd timing for sure. Um, is it coming out to June and is going to cost gamers uh, if, if you, you know, obviously if you want to buy for the year, it's, uh, 120 bucks. Uh, and actually it's funny, King David and I were having a conversation and, uh, we, we both came to the, uh, uh, the assumption that if my, if, uh, Sony was willing to lose $96 and that's what they would lose per, uh, $18 per month times 12 months versus the, you pay 120 bucks, then that means that the service is really only worth 120 bucks but they're charging you $18. And again, $18 doesn't include, uh, the removal of the $10 upgrade free, uh, fee doesn't include, include uh, Funimation or Crunchyroll, uh, doesn't include day and date games. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with third party. I mean, we just saw shadow of warrior three drop day and date, which that's great. That's great for PlayStation players. Uh, but not, none of their first party games, man. I, I, I again, Only time is going to tell. I would imagine that, like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when Jim Ryan was asked specifically about, you know, Game Pass and having these older games, he if you guys and folks remember, he said, who plays old games, right? He he said that, but he wants to play old games. And their new service is all old games. So, well, you know where it is, MLB must have been happy because they put the, the MLB 22 straight back into Game Pass again for day one. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the sales were even for both consoles, and it was an Xbox Game Pass. They sold just as many that, yeah. copies. It was in Game
1: Pass Day 1.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Game Pass Day 1 sold as many copies on the Xbox as they did on the PlayStation, and it was an Xbox Game Pass day and date. and it's going to be an Xbox Game Pass again. Um, that's the first Sony first party. Uh, yeah. I was shocked then. I'm still shocked now. And uh, someone had posted something. It's funny you mentioned that that xbox game pass players get to play the game four days early now i saw a graphic i don't know if it's real if someone can uh in the chat could confirm or deny that uh it's uh the, the it did say some of the things that xbox game pass uh subscribers were getting and it was the uh four day early edition and if that in fact is true and that's the case That does not look good for Sony because this this would have been a fantastic opportunity. If they would have launched the service when they announced it, they could have said, hey, you know what? Let's buck the narrative. Game Pass is getting MLB the show. Well, guess what, players? We're for you. We're for the players. MLB show in the new subscription, new $18 subscription starting this month. And again, it's just one of those things. it's, It's just another miss. It's just another miss." For Sony, but you know what? Let me catch up with some of the Super Chats, uh, Dutch, and then we'll uh do our outros. I can't believe we're 50 minutes already in. I felt like we just started. I'm this sick, is crazy. <laughs> um, The first one of the day came to us from Jacob Novik, good friend of the program. He drops an outstanding $2 Super Chat and says, how much do you think Sony will pay devs I mean, listen, I don't think Sony's going to rob anybody. To be honest with you, listen, they they, they do some shady things, but they're going to have to pay. All you have to do, devs talk with each other. Right, there. are a lot of them are good, good friends. Even Sony and Microsoft developers, they talk all the time. They sit down, they have a beer, they have a steak with each other. It's not the console war shenanigans you see online. It's actually they're real people, and they they have friends in in in, in companies. I think that if they were grossly underpaying their um their indie devs, we we would all know about it because somebody from the indie community would be like, yeah, I'm not like hanging out in PlayStation. They they pay they pay crappy so i don't I don't think they're going to rob anybody if that's what you're asking. We also have a drawn TJ generous friend of the program. He drops in a uh, ten dollars super chat and says, Xbox needs to make a program that gets public ideas for games and help that person make or buy it. Uh, I'm telling I'm talking about people that don't know how to create a game but have a vision yeah i mean it's it's an interesting theory there drawn tj um i i don't i mean that that's a lot of investment because you know you're talking about from you know b- building a game is expensive and if you i mean you could sell your idea to potentially somebody but from what i understand talking with zemi Games, the the uh the uh program that he would that he launched his game in uh was 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 excellent so Just you know, again for me, I just want to see him uh, succeed and get his game into ID and Xbox. I think that would be huge for him. Uh, we have Bunty, generous friend of the program. He drops a five-dollar super chat and says, "Here's basically uh, he's basically saying if a movie don't go into the theater and go and goes st- uh, into a streaming service, it's not it's not going to be good." Uh, yeah, you, you could equate that to that. That's that, that's a very interesting take on there, Bunty. and uh, you might be onto something. And here, Don Otaku, dro- wow, Don, thank you so much. But he drops an additional ten-dollar super chat. And I guess there was some chatter in there. It Says you can't compare PlayStation 20 million to Nintendo 20 million. No, you cannot. Uh, all the PlayStation's 20 million sellers were console pack-ins, and they were all went to about ten dollars. While Nintendo did not uh, did it all naturally without going lower than forty dollars and no pack-ins. And you know what? He's on to something. Uh, go, you you, you t- tell me if I'm wrong. Go go and try and buy Mario Odyssey right now. <laughs> You're paying sixty bucks for that game, yep. folks. That game is uh, that game launched in 2017. You're, You're never, paying ever, sixty dollars. Never reduce their uh, prices. Which ever. is why I buy all of my games uh, physically for Nintendo. Because if I ever became poor, all of a sudden, you'll ever get only I time. Know I, got, get I, I got. I got sitting well. on a mint. <laughs> yeah,
1: the only time you'll
0: ever get a discount, and it's the only platform where buying physical makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent uh raiden blade drops a two pound super chat and says jim looked Mm -hmm. at the books and we and said we are spending too much i don't think they're spending enough but i hear you raiden blade thank you for that pixel bit g my brother what's up dude he drops a five dollars super chat and says the only reason playstation 4 lineup looks so good last gen is because xbox didn't have enough studios to challenge it that is no longer the case indeed it is not Uh, last year. uh, Publisher of the Year? Who was that? No, that was not Sony. That was Xbox. And I got news for you folks. There's a good shot that they could win it again. They have four games releasing. Again, you know, we could get a delay or two. I don't think we're going to Starfield. I'm just, I'm assuming it's going to be a high 90 meta. Um, Deathloop is going to be a high 90 meta, meta like it was last year. Redfall looks fantastic. And of course, uh, we know Forza uh, Motorsport, whatever it's going to be called, whether it's eight or not, um, that's going to be a big one. So, yeah, you you, you definitely got a uh, you got a point there. Jordan TJ drops an additional five hours of chat and says, Jor, uh Jez Corden, friend of this program, said recently a family pan of Game Pass is coming. Yeah, we're talking about that specifically. Tomorrow morning on Breakfast with Boom, uh, we also had a big, big uh, Kotaku article, folks. Microsoft potentially in the crosshairs of some sexual misconduct allegations happening at uh, at the studio. That brings us State of Decay one and two. Uh, that story was launched literally minutes before. We went live. Uh, I have it. I've read a little bit of it. I I have to read it through and through. Uh, We are going to open up tomorrow's show because, you know, one thing that we do not shy away from on this channel is talking about heavy subjects. We did a couple of weeks ago with Sony being in the crosshairs. Remember, they had, uh, I think now it's up to a dozen women coming forward uh, and claiming uh, discrimination for uh, gender and uh, and pay and some sexual misconduct uh, through SIE America. So, you know, we talked about that and we will be talking about what's happening at um, Play Dead Studios, makers of State of Decay 2, uh, 1 and 2, tomorrow morning, along with Jez Corden's story about the Xbox Game Pass family plan finally coming. Uh, I'm very excited for that and I know a lot of people are as well. Uh, J.C. Collar Moreau drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says PlayStation financially keeps Sony up most likely. No, that that's, uh, that's also a fact. Yeah, they do. I mean, Sony pictures folks, they just made $2 billion with Spider-Man and that was without the digital sales. So they're making money on the PlayStation movie side, uh, even though like uncharted, you might not have liked the film, it did, did very well for them, uh, in, in, in the theaters for sure. And it's going to do well digitally when it's released because who doesn't love Tom Holland, right? So, Dutch, that is it, brother. We are closing in on the 60 minute mark. Uh, I, I thank you. Uh, uh, Kay Asante corrected me. It's Undead Labs. I don't know what, what did I say? I don't even remember what I said. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm old, folks. So, there you go. I, I got it wrong and was just corrected by Kay Asante, good friend of the program, which, by the way. We're having a very, very big talk this Saturday on the Gaming Circle podcast, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on his channel. Definitely check that out for sure. Uh, Wandering Dush, thank you so much for joining us, brother. We definitely appreciate you being here, even though you're a little bit under the weather. Uh, by all means, sell your brand. But before you do, take a minute to talk about what you got going on with the indie scene. Ah, uh, you're doing your second annual indie showcase. I'm a part of it. Several people in our community, in our circle, are a part of it. Uh, I'm so honored to be uh, to be asked to come back because I did it last year, and I did my, my my spiel is already out there. He has it. He's got the video. Uh oh, Raiden Blade. Did I miss your super chat, brother? Hold on, just a second. Here it is. Uh, Raiden Blade drops an additional two-pound super chat and says, boom, on your next show, talk about IGN and day and date. Yeah, you know what? We were going to talk about that today. But, you know, it's only a 60-minute show. So I promise you tomorrow morning after we get through some of the heavy topics because that that one that was just released by that, that uh, article released from Kotaku – I kind of want to read it through again uh, back and forth, and i I will have some words to say. Uh, we will be talking about the IGN uh, chart that was put out yesterday. Um, and uh, I, I have some things to say. I mean it's it's look i I don't hate IGN, but what I don't like is when they're disingenuous, and that that appears to have happened once again. Now, is it for clicks? I I don't know. I, I don't run the publication, uh, but when you put out a chart the way that they did yesterday, and the most important part of the, the 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 conversation is day and date is not there, I think you're you're being disingenuous with the way you're reporting the news. I, that that's again my opinion, folks. But we will get more into that. I know Crispy Bomb uh uh DM'd me. He wants to talk about that. So rest assured, Raiden. We will talk about that tomorrow because again, it's if you take the time and it, and it obviously it chart looked really well well produced. There's there's a lot of information in there. Not having the day and date in there seems it it's it's not an oversight, folks. It, it's just not. I'm not going to give them the the, the credit for that. It's not an oversight. And it's not an accident. It's specifically pulled out of there to make the PlayStation one look more comparable to Xbox Game Pass. And again, I use the word, it's being disingenuous to its readers, and I don't like that. So I will continue that conversation tomorrow with the gang. And uh, But again, Wandering Dutch, please talk about the Indie Showcase you got going on uh, next month, and where can people check out your incredible YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, most definitely. So obviously the Indie Showcase that we have going on on the 23rd of April – Um, has a a monumental amount of people involved now (laughs) Um, absolutely awesome creators of course Mr. Boomstick XL uh, right here um, for Double Barrel Gaming you've got Lord Cognito, Mav Fun Speculation, Steel and Pong involved you've got um, Bangle Mangle for for the Hawaiian branch there at Talk Story Podcast Uh, you've got (laughs) Oh, God, you've got so many. You've got Boxenberger. You've got... Uh, who else we got? Uh, I can't say that's unannounced. Uh, we've got two others that are yet to be announced. We've got another... Uh, we've got Duncan from Gamers Watch Podcast. You've got... Who else? Uh, Keir Santi, of course, um, for uh, the Gaming Circle Podcast. Uh, you've got... <clears throat> The guys over at Scottish, the, the, the Scottish contingent, <laughs> um, over from Thistle Do Game and Zork, Zokins and Paul. Um, you uh, absolute in the list. We've got 12 creators in total actually this year. I thought it was 10, it's 12, um, which is absolutely awesome. Um, two of them still unannounced. Um, we've got some special guests, we've got some special announcements, we've got some special reveals. Over 70 games shown over the uh, the course of about two hours or so um, it's a showcase where the the talking is very much little and we do the games do uh, let let the games do the talking um, as we say um some awesome stuff being shown off um really ramping up the production quality and production value of of the showcase as well um and i can't wait for people to see it um of course this week taking just a a breather away from podcasting Uh, other than today um, just to to rest the throat um, and give that a bit of a break Um, but should be back to it at some point next week again Um, usually on Wednesdays for the midweek mix-up podcast Um, and uh, of course that's where you can find us at Wondering Dutch on YouTube and Wondering Dutch on Twitter.
0: Thanks again for having us, boo. (laughs) <laughs> ah, well, thank you so much for being. In. I couldn't have well, I mean, I could have had the show without you, which would have been boring as heck cuz I had listened to myself talk and I can only take so much of my own my own voice, which I I don't like. I I hate my voice. <laughs> when I listen to myself on podcasts, I I shut it off cuz I'm like, yeah, I don't like my voice. A lot of people are like, yeah, no, you you have a good voice. I don't believe you. Sorry. Uh but anyway, listen folks. We had almost 300 people here. Obviously, if you're still here, I would ask that you do hit the uh the the like button if you're new to the channel. Uh, and you're enjoying the weekly banter that I bring with four live shows, primetime gaming on Mondays, Xbox Factor podcast on Tuesdays, X-Vlog Live on Thursdays, and Breakfast with Boom on Friday mornings. Consider subscribing. And before we get on out of here, you saw I posted it on this upcoming Monday. I'm proud to announce that uh, Colt Eastwood and myself are doing a double channel crossover uh, that's right, folks. Colt Eastwood is going to be joining us for the first uh, for 90 minutes on primetime gaming, which will be going live uh, 30 minutes earlier. We're trying to get accommodate everyone's schedule. So the show normally that starts at seven will start at six thirty. We will run to eight o'clock and then myself and I believe uh, the middle aged game guy will be joining Colt Eastwood on his podcast on his channel at 8 p.m. to 9:30, it is a double channel crossover, uh, and a big shout out to Cole Eastwood. He had reached out to me about a month ago and said, "Hey, listen." I'd love to be on your show on Monday, and I'd love to have you on your show on my show on Monday evening. How could we make this work? And that is the plan. You're going to get three hours of podcast greatness, uh, first starting off on primetime gaming on Double Barrel Gaming. And then we're going to go right over to Colt Eastwood's incredible uh, YouTube channel, which is closing in on 200K, which is ridiculous. Re- unbelievably awesome and uh that 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 second half of the show will start at 8 p.m eastern standard time and of course that's happening folks this monday evening starting at six thirty and ending at 9 30 so get ready for three hours of the best place to get all your news Reviews and honest opinions, and of course, I'm going to say a big thank you to all the super chats that came in. Uh, Those are being used, of course, to power the giveaways. And our next big one is going to be next month—a $300 giveaway for Easter. We're going to be doing that giveaway on that on that Breakfast Boom the Friday before Easter. Uh, Four $50 gift cards along with four $25 gift cards, digital gift cards, two wherever you want them to Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, you tell us we deliver. And all you got to do is be in the chat. And you have a shot at winning. That simple. And, of course, I want to close out the show, folks, with something that is important to me. Hopefully, one day it will be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week on the newest episode of X Vlog Live. <laughs>